1: Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
0: You're listening to The Signal, Episode 4, Dead Hand.
1: Stavai strana okro maya. Stavai nas Boy. Huh? Huh? kresile tolp Eh? Uh. Spakrata u Huh. Bring back memories, Professor Venusian. The Sacred War. One of Stalin's favorite tunes. A little extreme for my taste, especially the chorus line. <clears throat> we shall drive a bullet into the forehead of the rotten fascist filth. We shall build a solid coffin for the scum of humanity. <sighs> but there's no accounting for taste, is there? I, and the beholder, each according to his abilities, each according to his needs, and all that.
2: Who are you? What are you doing in my house? Get out! Get out now! Elena! Elena!
1: You're a widower, sir. Your wife passed away some years back, and I'm very sorry for your loss. I imagine that you were once sorry too. At least on those rare lucid days when you can remember to grieve.
2: What do you want?
1: I'm going to give you an injection here, in this vein in your arm. See? It won't hurt, just a little sting.
2: No. You will not. Helena! Shhh!
1: Don't struggle. You're 84 years old and frail, Professor. Your bones are brittle. Whatever muscles you had have turned flaccid. I'm much younger and much stronger. Were I to press here on your rib cage, I would most certainly snap a rib or two, very painful. Were I to squeeze your arm here, I would leave a deep bruise that would take weeks to heal.
2: Please, stop.
1: Or I, too, pinch your nostrils closed and cover your mouth with my hand. Well, you wouldn't survive for more than a few minutes.
2: What do you want?
1: Please, don't struggle. This will only take a moment. Mm. I intend to inject you either way. Good. There. See? A tiny sting, like I said. You're... Russian,
2: they sent you? I have never said a word.
1: Only you just did by saying you didn't. Oh, Seneldi isn't a good look for an émigré from the Soviet Union. Especially one of your renown. Soviet
2: Union? <laughs> she was Mother Russia when I left. St. Petersburg was St. Petersburg, not Leningrad.
1: You're feeling more alert, aren't you? I... am. What was in that shot? Sodium pentothal, adrenaline, and a synthetic hormone that stimulates brain activity? A little will raise your consciousness. Too much will bring on a massive stroke. Sodium pentothal? Truth serum. Yes, it is. A necessity for the seek of expediency. Torture takes both time and energy. I prefer civility whenever possible. Oh, no, no. Don't try to get up. I won't hesitate to shoot.
2: It's Walter P-38. I had one of those myself at one time. <laughs> A fine piece, though, German made. They serve as pistol of the Wehrmacht at the beginning of the last war.
1: This is your pistol, Professor. I found it in your desk drawer. So it is.
2: You're... German?
1: Nein. My name is Swan. I wish to ask you about a recording.
2: You carry around a pistol and a tape recorder. Perhaps you also have a Cuban cigar on your person that looks like one in your suit pocket. I enjoy a good cigar. After you've
1: answered my questions, I may be able to accommodate you. You acted as a consultant for Project Blue Book, the UFO inquiry. You were brought in by Colonel Sobek as an expert on signal intelligence communications. That's why you moved to Ohio, I believe. Is that a question, Mr. Swan? Not every interrogation is staccato question-answer. Consider this a blanket request for further elucidation.
2: For only a very short time. At the beginning, 1952, 53, yes, I worked on Blue Book. When the project was just getting off the ground, so there's very little I can tell you. I'm afraid. You were becoming forgetful even then? I'd oh, get behind the wheel of my car and forget where I wanted to go. Or how to get home. It got so Elena had to drive me everywhere. God rest her soul. She was a saint, my late wife. Then why did you shove her down the staircase?
1: The fall killed her, Professor. But you knew it would. Even in your state of diminished capacity, you knew she probably wouldn't survive
2: a plunge down uncarpeted stairs. Are you one of Elena's nephews? Is that why you're here? She hovered over me. Watched me like a hawk, never left me alone. I lost all semblance of a private life. What man can live like that?
1: (sighs) It was her responsibility to keep you from revealing yourself, sir. You can't falter for
2: that. You believe I was a spy for the Soviet Union? I was born a nobleman. I despise communists. What do you imagine it was like watching that interloper Rasputin cast his deviant web over the Tsar and Tsarina?
1: That was more than forty years ago. Another time, another world. Killing Rasputin solved nothing. You and Prince Yusopov surely knew that, even back then.
2: Rasputin died of hypothermia. He fell into the Neva River in the wintertime.
1: He died of a bullet through his forehead, no matter what the autopsy report said. A bullet from your gun, Professor. Or should I say count? How can you possibly know all this? I know everything there is to know about you, Grigor Vanushin. Whether you like it or not, you are partially responsible for the collapse of the Romanov dynasty, and the revolution that elevated Lenin and the Bolsheviks. Lies! You are unable to lie at this moment, and I choose not to. Whether you can admit it to
2: yourself, you have, at the least, two deaths on your conscience. And you have been sent here to be my executioner? Or to offer absolution? You said you wished to ask me about a recording. Was that a lie?
1: No, it was the truth. And I can offer you a... sort of absolution. I'm the only one who can. I'm here solely for your expertise on signal intelligence. Listen to this.
2: Where did you get that?
1: It's being broadcast 24 hours a day as a shortwave radio signal. No oh, please, you my... You know what this is. If I must, I will inject you again. And it won't be very long before the circuits in your decaying brain begin to sizzle, followed by your heartbeat accelerating past the point of no return. It's a dead hand signal. The dead hand is a myth. Science fiction.
2: I assure you, sir, it is not. The atom bomb was myth until it wasn't. I pioneered the concept of the Dead Hand, not necessarily in anticipation of a conflict with the United States. No,
1: in anticipation of a Russian revolution. You were petrified the Bolsheviks would seize power, which they did. But in your day, same as now, better dead than red. You left Russia forty years ago. Technology was not far enough advanced to make such a fantastical concept a reality. Not for Russia. You're saying the dead hand is American?
2: Not this one. and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
3: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. This one is Russian.
2: How do you know that? Because signal intelligence is my life's
1: work. Because I know... Explain the dead hand to me,
2: in contemporary terms. It's simple, as simple as death himself. In the event Russia is hit by a nuclear attack, the signal droning will stop and its stoppage will automatically trigger a retaliation. The result, total nuclear obliteration on both sides. Automatically? No human intervention? That's the nature of a dead hand. No human conscience or consciousness behind it. No appears to God or the Motherland. No sway of morality. Just a lifeless limb laden with digits swinging down. Like the arm of a corpse jiggled on an autopsy table. Inanimate meat. Nothing romantic about it, Mr. Swan. It won't be Michelangelo's Adam's extended drooping finger on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, as he has given life by God to offer salvation for mankind? It will be the limp fingers of a dead hand that visits destruction upon us all. How does it work? By computers. The same computers that helped the Allies win the war against the Nazis. A computer that scans the airwaves for signs of nuclear fallout and for signs of life an environmental computer network created to detect a nuclear strike. A system that can measure seismic activity, light and radioactivity levels. It ensures its functionality in the event of an all-out attack and to guarantee mutually assured destruction for both the Soviet Union and the United States. The fully automated system is able to launch a retaliatory nuclear strike without any human involvement whatsoever. And you know all this how? Because the Americans have a dead hand of their own. I should know. I advise them how to create one. And because, as you suspected, I am here masquerading as exactly... What I am a former Russian scientist who escaped the tyranny of the Bolsheviks in the 1920s
1: Why would you report to the
2: communists if you despise them so much to retain my titles and land holdings in the motherland? Of course,
1: you have no heirs. You haven't been back on Russian soil
2: in decades But I am still a Russian nobleman God saved us Strong sovereign reign for glory for our God.
1: Here, drink some water.
2: <coughs> Thank you. Not sure
1: Bitte schön. The circumstances you've described. The United States has active countermeasures One-third of our Strategic Air Command B-52 bombers are airborne at all times, day and night. Each has a nuclear bomb on board, and each has been given a designated target inside the Soviet
2: Union. Those are first-strike countermeasures. The dead hand is the last gasp for all involved. For all mankind. Where is it? The computer system. Hidden somewhere in Russia, of course. The nuclear bombs, most likely in a submerged submarine somewhere in either the Atlantic or the Pacific in the form of nuclear-tipped missiles. This signal, because it's shortwave, it could be anywhere. Moscow, Leningrad, vladivostok But I suspect it's within an atomic blast radius of Moscow. Because... That's how I would do it. Three separate locations constitute a third leg. Feel safe.
1: And the Americans, Dead Hand, where is it located?
2: Curious, Mr. Swan. You said America's not ours. As you said, the Americans, not we.
1: We're not speaking in this moment as representatives of nations, Professor. We're just two men having a convivial chat about weighty global issues. But if you wish, where is our dead hand kept?
2: I don't know for certain. There were some disagreements about the necessity of three locations during the last administration. Economic considerations, foolish. Cost saving, in my estimation, under the circumstances. The source of the shortwave radio signal and the dead
1: hand activation system are one in the same.
2: That is my belief, yes. Were you to guess, where is it? Here. Within the borders of the contiguous United States.
1: Specifically?
2: I cannot even hazard a guess. And if someone stumbled
1: onto the source of this broadcast, say one of the thousands of rabid UFO hunters scouring the country for evidence of extraterrestrial alien invasion, and disrupted the signal, whether knowingly or unwittingly.
2: Then we are all doomed, Mr. Swan. I have a headache. Is that a side effect of telling the truth
1: here have a cigar one from fidel's personal humidor (sighs) thank you why would you help the americans create their own dead hand to do so is sentencing your own people to inevitable destruction
2: because mother russia is overrun with communists She is no longer what she was. And because I have no heirs, what happens to the world after I've gone is of little concern to me. Not an altruistic thing to say, but it is the truth about how I feel. As you've pointed out, I cannot lie.
1: Can you find the source of the shortwave broadcast?
2: I'm afraid I can't. I lack both the specific knowledge and the expertise.
1: Then who can?
2: No one. That's the beauty of the dead hand. Say, I can't feel my legs.
1: That's a side effect of the drug cocktail I injected. It also contains a paralytic which usually acts from the waist down.
2: I can't get up.
1: Isn't this where you sit most of the day? In your easy chair?
2: Don't move my
1: telephone,
2: please. Put it back.
1: Who would you call? You've basically been a hermit for five years. My informants tell me you've been shuffling through your papers, trying to organize them so you can write a memoir. By the looks of it, you've made little progress. The entire study stinks of mildew and musty paper. The
2: phone. Please, it's my lifeline. If I need to, I can dial the operator and ask for help.
1: No, you can't. Not without a telephone. Did you know that Tolstoy believed God would absolve him because of his stunning achievement in writing War and Peace? Not just absolve him of his sins, but grant him immortality. I've seen Tolstoy's grave and Yasnaya Polyana. God apparently did not absolve him. Leo's been eaten by worms like everyone else. The good news is, you will not return to the addled brain state you were in when I arrived. How that must have been a living torment in those terrifying moments of lucidity to someone with your IQ. But, there's a stiff price to be paid for one last burst of mental clarity. A sort of Faustian bargain. I hope you've enjoyed our time together, Professor. And I'm hoping you've suspected all along what's about to happen so it doesn't come as a complete surprise. The mystic Rasputin. Did you know he was referred to as a lizard by his detractors? (laughs) Curious descriptor, that. Anyway, Rasputin surely experienced a moment of clarity when he stared down the muzzle of your pistol. What was it he cried at the last? What do they want from me? What do they want? Did you reply count? I don't think it was a rhetorical question. Do you? I heard. Oh, yes. You're on the brink of a stroke, professor. A massive one. But not all strokes are fatal. At worst, only one in four results in death which is why your cigar cap is laced with cyanide. But an autopsy would reveal poison, while a blaze will obliterate any trace of poison in your system whatsoever. Stroke, poison, fire. My own version of a three-legged failsafe. Perhaps you should savor your cigar, seeing as it will be your last. In nomine Patrice, et fili et spiritus sancti. Amen. I absolve you of your sins.
2: Are you... Are you a priest?
1: I told you. My name is Swan. What absolution I can grant you comes with mortality at its price. Just like Tolstoy.
2: The pain... The pain in my head
1: Yes is severe. Such is the nature of strokes. i know, no sadist, Professor. I truly hope for your sake the stroke is fatal, or the cyanide kicks in before the flames reach you. But I must confess, whenever I hold the power of life or death over a human being in the palm of my hand, It's good to be convinced that a sentence of death is ethically justified. Just a quirk of mine. Good day, and thank you for the information. Our chat was illuminating.
3: This is a courtesy alert for all personal staff and patients. At exactly 10 a.m., the Federal Civil Defense Administration will test its nuclear attack alert signal for approximately two minutes. This is only a test. You are not required to take cover, but please remain where you are until the siren ceases.
0: They want us to stand in place. I know, nurse, but I need to drop off these linens right away, or three.
3: I get it, you're new and eager, but if they catch you moving around during the air raid siren, they'll dock your pay. I'll be as quick as a wink and as quiet as a church mouse. Don't say I didn't warn you. Timmy? Timmy! 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 Honey, where are you?
1: Don't move.
0: I'm sorry. I can explain.
1: Hands in the air or I'll shoot.
0: Please. The Signal is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Produced by Fred Greenhalgh and Marco Palmieri. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Perry King, Marta Cross, Adam J. Smith, Tracy Winters, Time Winters, Harry Gowillam, Tom Beyer, Jeff Blumberg, Mark Irvingson, Jackson Gowillam, and Jennifer Taub. Sound design and editing by Charlie Randazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production Coordinator, Angela Yi, Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away.
3: Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.